Blog Talk Radio. I know the Bible is right. It's the Bible has the answers with Pastor Aaron B. Williams coming to you live every Wednesday at 7 p.m. and never had it so good Gospel 107. Pastor Williams believes if you have a question, the Bible has the answers. Join us Wednesday on the show or at I Am Jesus Holy Ghost Church in Columbia, South Carolina, where service times are Tuesday night prayer at 7 p.m., Sabbath Friday service at 7 p.m., and Saturday Sabbath day service at 12 noon. Our motto is, it pays to serve God. Hit us up at IamJesusHolyGhostChurch.org. That's Pastor Aaron B. Williams, live on Never Handed So Good Gospel 107. Come on and get the Word of God at its highest level. Well, the Bible is right. The Bible is right. We thank God that it's right. Amen. Glory to God. Rejoicing. Glory to God. Because amongst other things, uh, you know, Jesus told us to rejoice that our names were written in the book of life. Amen. Glory to God. And we rejoice in that and that the Bible is right. Glory to God. Well, beloved, we're in the book of Proverbs where we've been for some time and we're we're uh we're in the 21st chapter down to the third verse amen down to the third verse now in the king james this is uh, once again not so clear but we have other versions that we can look at and we begin to see what god is talking about here and in the King James 21.3 says, To do justice and judgment is more acceptable to the Lord than sacrifice or sacrifices. Um, in the Tanakh, that is the Jewish Bible, it says to do what is right and just is more desired by the Lord than sacrifice. It gets a little clearer in the Today's Living Bible. It says, God is more pleased when we are just and fair than when we give him gifts. And, of course, I like the positive thinking Bible. To me, it makes it very clear. Doing what is right and fair pleases the Lord more than an offering. Doing what is right and fair pleases the Lord more than an offering. You know, we can't exchange good behavior in one area for bad behavior in another. If our personal and business dealings are not characterized by justice, no amount of generosity when the offering plate is passed will make up for it. Amen. We know, glory to God, that you cannot you cannot buy God, bribe God, or manipulate God before or after you have done something wrong with a large offering in the offering plate. Amen. I I know of folks who have tried to do just that. They feel like, well, um, you know, I'll 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 put this large amount of money in the offering plate, and God will be pleased with that and cover up some other things that I've done that's not so good. But this. 
this scripture and many others lets us know that doing what is right and fair pleases the Lord more than an offering. God is very interested in you doing the right thing and you and, and you conducting your life with integrity and uprightness. Amen. That pleases him much more than you do what you want to do all week and, and have it your way. And then on whatever day you worship, you're going to uh, put money, a lot of money in the plate, hoping that he'll overlook, you know, anything. Because look at all this money you're putting in the plate. Amen. Glory to God. You can't, you can't fool God with that. If your heart's not right, I don't care how much money you put in the plate. If your heart's not right, it's not going to work. Amen. If you don't do the right thing, it's not going to cover up doing something else over there. It's not going to cover up what you messed up over here. Amen. Glory to God. You need to get right with God and uh, on any level. Amen. Glory to God. We want to look at 1 Samuel 15. We want to look at 1 Samuel 15 when it comes to an example of doing right and giving giving an offering to God, hoping to please him with that offering. But we know we've not done the right thing. Amen. We're not going to be able to bribe God. Isn't that right? Okay, good example is in First Samuel. Begin to read at the first verse. And we'll just begin to read, okay? Glory to God. First Samuel 15, one says, uh, Samuel said also unto Saul, the Lord sent me to anoint thee to be king over his people, over Israel. Now, therefore, hearken thou unto the voice of the words of the Lord. Who was Samuel? Samuel, there's, there's a lot of people can prophesy when the Spirit of God comes on them, but there's few people that are actually installed in the office of the prophet. And in Israel in those days, Samuel was the prophet uh, and, and the one when God wanted to speak to Israel or, or to a king, he would use Samuel. And so Samuel came to tell Saul that God was going to make him king over Israel. Verse 2, thus saith the Lord God of hosts, I remember that which Amalek did to Israel, how he laid wait for him in the way when he came up from, from Egypt. Now go and smite Amalek and utterly destroy all that they have and spare them not. But slay both man, man and woman, infant and suckling, ox and sheep, camel and ass. And Saul gathered the people together and, and numbered them and telling them, 200,000 footmen and 10,000 men of Judah. And Saul came to a city of Amalek and laid wait in the valley. What's happening here? When Israel was coming up out of Egypt, they came to a particular country and asked Israel, asked, uh, asked 
this particular country, Amalek, for water and for some, some yeah, basically for some water. And not only didn't they, in one instance, not only didn't they offer the Hebrews water, but they blocked their way. And so God said that he would always remember what Amalek did to Israel when Israel was trying to come up out of Egypt. Uh, and that he would have war with Amalek from generation to generation. Now, let's read verse 3 again because I want to make a point, an important point here. Now go and smite Amalek and utterly destroy all that they have and spare them not, but slay both man and woman, infant and suckling, ox and sheep, camel and ass. And so... Uh, unsaved people, backsliders, people that have a grudge against God, they'll they'll look at verses like this and they'll point out, they'll say, oh my goodness, how unfair God is. Look at this. He's at, he advocates that, that uh, these armies slay these people and slay the women and slay the children. And uh, just, uh, I mean, that's inhumane. That isn't right. And so they judge God harshly because of what they read where God told Saul to smite Amalek and utterly destroy all that they have and spare them not. Uh, but, but one of the things that you don't understand, well, you can understand it, glory to God, because I'm about to explain it, and that is that Amalek is a type of the flesh And God said that he was going to always have war with Amalek From generation to generation And that, and Amalek, if you will, or the flesh Is what we have to war against in our walk In spiritual things, glory to God The flesh seeks to hinder us, amen It won't cooperate with us Glory to God, but will try to lead us actually into our own destruction. But the Bible in Romans gives us the answer to how to handle the flesh. The Bible says to walk in the spirit and you shall not fulfill the lusts of the flesh. Amen. Glory to God. A lot of people don't know how to handle their flesh because the flesh is always suggesting things to them. Uh, a, a young lady walks by their path and it's suggesting, uh, or a young man or something, and the flesh says, oh, don't you want that person? No, I don't. No, I don't. Uh, there'll be something laying, some uh, very expensive item laying down or something. Oh, don't you want to take that? No one's looking. The flesh would would utterly destroy you if if you let it. You have to be at war with the flesh, utterly destroy it in mortifying it or walking in the spirit. The Bible says if you walk in the spirit, you shall not. A lot of people, they don't know what to do about the flesh because it's constantly tempting them and warring against them. Amen. And what you have to do is you have to, you have to walk in the spirit. And if you walk in the spirit, you shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh. That young lady that you're lusting after, 
you will not fulfill the lust of the flesh if you walk in the spirit. You're walking in the spirit. You got your mind renewed. You're thinking on the, the or you're thinking on Jesus or the or the word or spiritual things. You're praying in the spirit. You're being led by the Holy Ghost. Amen. If you walk in the spirit, you won't fulfill the lust of the flesh. Amen. You just won't. You just won't. You just won't. The flesh might suggest stuff, but you laugh it off. Amen. Glory to God. Why? Because you win because you went to war with the flesh. Amen. You went to war with the flesh, and you don't yield to the flesh. Now you're yielding to the spirit. You're paying more attention to spiritual things. And because you're paying more to spiritual things, you win. How are you going to win if you pay a lot of attention to, to physical things, material things? How, if you've got a lust problem, how are you going to win turning on the TV and turning to and turning to pornography stuff? You're not going to win. You can't sow to that and win. You have to cut that off, utterly cut it off, utterly cut it out of your life. Amen? And walk or pay attention to spiritual things. Hold on. I'll be right back. I'm up against the commercial. Hold on just a second. Do you need tile installed in your home or business? Then John Robinson Tile LLC is the company for you. We have over 60 years of experience installing tile. We do bathrooms, kitchens, and so much more. Give us a call at 803-529-0092. Check out our website at www.johnrobinsontile2.com. Visit us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, too. Just search J-Rob Tile or John Robinson Tile. We're licensed and insured and Schluter certified. If you need tile installed, we are your company. We believe in laying hands on everything that we do. That's John Robinson Tile Installation Service for new and old homes. Renovation of kitchens and bathrooms installs all types. That's John Robinson Tile, the number two dot com. You know, beloved, we're in Proverbs twenty one three. Doing what is right and fair pleases the Lord more than an offering. Amen. And to get a quick eye, a, a, a quick idea of um, this again. The mafia, you know, they they give, they they tend to be Roman Catholic. They go to Roman Catholic churches on occasion, like baby dedication or something like that, and they give tremendously large offerings because they think that that's going to please God. I I, I gave ten thousand dollars in the plate, amen, and that that does no way cancel out the ugly, the other ugly things that they did. Amen. Glory to God. Well, we were in 1 Samuel 15, and we we came down to the fifth uh, verse, so we want to keep going. Amen. And I was explaining um, uh, why God told, because uh, there are people who point to the fact, they say, well, God, you're bloody. Look, look here, right here in the Old Testament. We got examples where you killed all the babies, all the women, all the children, all the everything. Well, in other cases, 
God told the Israelites to completely destroy because the particular uh, village or city or whatever it was was into gross sins, uh, 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 all kinds of gross sins. And God wanted that wiped out from the, from the world, wiped out from the nations. Amen. And so he'd have it wiped out. Here he has, it's a type of, it's a type of the flesh. And he wanted to clearly demonstrate that he was not going to coddle the flesh, that the flesh has to be completely uh, uh, mortified. Amen. Completely dealt with. Amen. We're in verse six now. First Samuel fifteen six, and Saul said unto the Kenites, Go depart, get you down from among the Amalekites, lest I destroy you with them. For ye showed kindness to all the children of Israel when they came up out of Egypt. So the Kenites departed from among the Amalekites. Amen. Glory to God. God remembered what they did. They helped Israel coming up out of Egypt. And so God caused Saul to spare their lives and let them depart. Glory to God. But then Saul went to war against the, the against Amalek. Verse 7. And, sm- and Saul smote the Amalekites from Havilah until thou comest to shore. That is over against Egypt. And he took Agag, the king of the Amalekites, alive. He took Agag alive and utterly destroyed all the people with the edge of the sword. But Saul and the people spared Agag. Agag was the king of the Amalekites. And God told him that God used Saul, spoke through Saul to tell, uh, I'm sorry, God used Samuel, spoke through Samuel to tell Saul to kill, to specifically kill Agag. And, the, and specifically to kill all the people, all the uh, Amalekites. But Saul and the people, where are you, Pastor? I'm in the ninth verse. But Saul and the people spared Agag and the best of the sheep and of the oxen and of the fatlings and the lambs and all that was good and would not utterly destroy them. But everything that was vile and refuse that they destroyed utterly. Then came the word of the Lord unto Samuel, saying, It repenteth me that I have set up Saul to be king, for he has turned back from following me. So many people have turned back from following God. Why? Because they found something that was pleasing to them. Saul, Saul saw these, the, these flocks the best flocks, the best fatlings. He saw those, and in his judgment, oh, they, they look so good. that Those sheep look perfect, and uh, these oxen look so well-built and strong, and this and that and the other thing. And so he said, well, we'll spare Agag, and we'll spare, oh, look at these wonderful oxen. We'll keep these. Amen? And the word of the Lord came to uh, uh, Samuel, saying, it repenteth me that I have set up Saul to be king, for he has turned back from following me. And so many people have turned back from following the Lord. They, the, 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 the word of the Lord has come to them. The word of the Lord has warned them over and over and over about their sins. 
but they keep making up excuses and they keep saying, yeah, but this is good. This is, there's so much good in this that I, I'll just keep it. And they turn back from following the Lord. And he said, he has turned back from following me and hath not performed my commandments. And it grieved Sam, and it grieved Samuel. And he cried unto the Lord all night. Amen. And when Samuel rose early to meet Saul in the morning, it was told Samuel, saying, Saul came to Carmel, and behold, he, he set up him up a place and has gone about and passed on and gone down to Gilgal. And Samuel came to Saul, and Saul said unto him, Blessed be the Lord God, I have performed the commandment of the Lord. And Samuel said, uh, What means then this bleeping of the sheep in mine ears and the lowing of the oxen which I hear? And Saul said, They have brought them from the Amalekites for the people. What's he doing? He's shifting blame. Amen. What, what, what did Adam say? This woman, God said, what did you do, Adam? He said, this woman that you gave me, you gave me, Lord. Uh, uh, she gave me to eat, and I did eat. Glory to God. And and uh, Saul here said, for, for the people spared the best of the sheep and of the oxen. Why? To sacrifice unto the Lord thy God, and the rest we have utterly destroyed. Yeah, you 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 didn't do what God told you to do, though. You didn't do what God told you to do. Then Samuel said unto Saul, Stay, and I will tell thee what the Lord has said to me this night. And he said unto him, Say on. And Samuel said, When thou was little in thine own sight, was thou not made the head of the tribes of Israel, and the Lord anointed thee king over Israel, and the Lord sent sent thee on a journey, and said, Go and utterly destroy the sinners, the Amalekites, and fight against them until they be consumed. Wherefore then didst thou not obey the voice of the Lord, and didst fly upon the spoil? And did his evil in the sight of the Lord. And Saul said unto Samuel, Yea, I have obeyed the voice of the Lord, and have gone the way which the Lord sent me, and have brought Agag, the king of, of Amalek, and have utterly destroyed the Amalekites. Now here we go with shifting a blame again. But the people took of the spoil. It was the people's fault. They took the sheep and the oxen, the chief of the things which should have been utterly destroyed, to sacrifice unto the Lord thy God. See, some people think that they can do wrong, glory to God. They can do wrong and that the and that the uh whatever comes of it, uh whatever profit is from it, oh they'll give the oh, they're gonna give tithes and offerings to the Lord. Amen. They're going to remember God. Amen. 
I'm going to do some wrong, but I'm going to take of that and give it to God, and he's going to see all the good things that I've done. It's like, you know, it's almost like the people who say in the world, they say, if my good outweighs my bad, uh, uh, God will surely let me into heaven. And dearly beloved, you know you have the hardest time explaining to them that that's not the narrow gate. That's not the, the way into heaven, that the narrow gate is through Jesus Christ, that they have to believe on the Lord Jesus in order to gain heaven. They have to repent and utterly turn away from their sins and ask the Lord Jesus to save them. Amen. Glory to God. Uh, verse 22. And Samuel said, Hath the Lord as great delight and burnt offerings and sacrifices as in obeying the voice of the Lord? Behold, to obey is better than sacrifice and to hearken than the fat of rams. To obey is better than sacrifice. God, you know, people, they, they feel like they can just use money somehow, and that will straighten things out. Glory to God. But to obey is better than sacrifice. When God knocks on the door of your heart, when God gives you instructions, when you see in the word of God what you should be doing, and you know what you should be doing, but you feel like, well, I can make it up because I'll do this and this and this, and my good will take care of the bad that I'm doing. I know I'm doing wrong, but I serve in church. I'm an usher in church, or I'm assistant pastor, or I'm this and I'm that. And surely, you know, because after all, no one's perfect. So I can do this, and God will understand. Huh? But we see in these scriptures that the Bible says to do right is more acceptable to the Lord than all the thing, all the money you want to put in the plate or all the service you want to give to them. They, the, 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 uh, the motive of Saul said, the motive was to take the fatlings and to give it to God. That's why he, he, um, he spared the, the people and the fatlings. He spared Agag and the fatlings. Amen. But Samuel told him, you should have obeyed what God told you to do. No amount of offerings is going to make up for what, you, for what you've done. In fact, the word of the Lord has come to me, and you, you're no longer going to be king in Israel. You're, you're by God. You're no longer going to be king in Israel because you didn't listen to what God said. Amen. It's important, beloved. God, it's not to say that God doesn't appreciate offerings. He does. Amen. But he appreciates you obeying what he tells you to do more than just offerings. He appreciates that more than just some offerings. Amen. Glory to God. If you want to, if you want to please God, don't turn back from following him. If you know something ain't right in your life, get it right. Amen. Get it right with God. Get right with God because, it, you know what, it's, it's undermining your foundation. In the back of your mind, you know that something ain't right. Amen? Something ain't right, glory to God. And how can you have true confidence? How can you go boldly before somebody else or tell somebody else about their sins when you know I ain't right? Amen? 
Glory to God. Now, the world doesn't know what to do with sin. Amen? When they sin against God, they don't know what to do. And so because it remains in their, in their conscience, glory to God, and in their memory what they've done, that causes anxiety. It causes so much anxiety and stress that, glory to God, they have to anesthetize themselves. And that's the real reason why they drink and why they smoke and why they use drugs and why, and why, and why they do all manner of things. Amen? They don't realize that's the reason. They think that they're just, you know, they're just anxious or, or the, the, the universal word is stress. I just, I just feel so much stress, glory to God. I feel so much stress. Why are you feeling stress, glory to God? What have you done? Adam and Eve was fine till they sinned against God. And then what happened? They said they felt guilt. They were afraid. They said, we were afraid because we heard your voice walking in the garden, God, and you were afraid. You were never afraid before. When a person does, when they don't do right, they feel very uncomfortable. Also, they really don't want to go to church, and they, they don't want to be around the saints because they know that the Lord will might say something to them. Amen? The world doesn't know what to do with sin, but we're God's children, and we know what to do with sin. And what we do with sin is we repent. We ask God to forgive us. Amen? We turn away from our sins. We ask God to forgive us. And in the Bible, God promises, if you do your part, if you humble yourself and, and ask for forgiveness, I'll do my part. I'll remember to forgive you of your sins and cleanse you from all unrighteousness. Amen? Now, if you don't know the Lord Jesus as your Lord and Savior, if you're not saved, then glory to God. You don't know about repentance, but I can lead you to the Lord right now. For the Bible says, for whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Call upon Jesus. Ask him to forgive you of all of your sins. Ask him to make you Lord of, 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 of your life. Ask him to save you, and he will. God bless you. The Bible has the answers. See you next week. Bye-bye now. I know the Bible is right. It's The Bible Has the Answers with Pastor Aaron B. Williams coming to you live every Wednesday at 7 p.m. and Never Had It So Good Gospel 107. Pastor Williams believes if you have a question, the Bible has the answers. Join us Wednesday on the show or at I Am Jesus Holy Ghost Church in Columbia, South Carolina, where service times are Tuesday night prayer at 7 p.m., Sabbath Friday service at 7 p.m., and Saturday Sabbath day service at 12 noon. Our motto is, it pays to serve God. Hit us up at IamJesusHolyGhostChurch.org. That's Pastor Aaron B. Williams, live on Never Had It So Good Gospel 107. Come on and get the Word of God at its highest level. 